This is Alex Ost, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. This is Marcus Holman, and you're listening to Pro Lacrosse Talk. Right off the bat, there's Lyle Thompson. Courier. Kylie Omel are showing off those shifty skills. Schreiber driving hard down the alley and he scores. What a goal from Josh Byrne. Kayla Trainer fires to score. You're kidding me. By Dylan Ward. Gets topside wrap. Oh, scores. Welcome to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network. Your go-to podcast for interviews with professional players, coaches, and executives, as well as the latest news and analysis from all three professional lacrosse leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Adam Moore and Hutton Jackson. Welcome to another episode of Pro Lacrosse Talk. We are lucky enough to have not one, but two awesome pros and arguably the most decorated duos we had on the podcast in a while, Alex Aust and Marcus Holman. Both Alex and Marcus were multi-time All-Americans in college and Torton finalists during their college days, and both world champions with Team USA. They're also pros and a couple, so our first lacrosse couple on the podcast. So we're happy to have you both on. Uh, we obviously like to always start with where you guys started playing lacrosse. So if I could have you, Alex, talk about when you first picked up a stick. Yeah, so thanks for having us. We're really excited to be talking with you guys um, about what kind of brought Marcus and I together, which is the Mm. awesome sport of lacrosse. But um, I started in fourth grade. I went to a really small private school in Northern Virginia. I had never even seen the sport before. So I was 10 years old Mm -hmm. and at my private school every in the fall, we played soccer or field hockey. And then when we got to fourth grade, we got to play lacrosse in the spring. So neither of my parents had played. No one really played around me. Um, and I just remember picking up a stick for the first time and absolutely loving it. I was more of a basketball player. Um, so it kind of, you know, had all of the qualities that I loved in basketball, but I could actually get up to full speed out on the field. And I just remember as corny as it sounds, loving that I could run as fast as I could on a field and score as many goals as possible. So um, it's, it always was awesome and fun. And I like just loved that it was outdoors right after kind of spending a majority of my time inside in the basketball court mm. all winter. Um, and then I just never really looked back. I want to just chime in too, because I, I'm from Leesburg, Virginia. So fellow Nova here. Uh, yeah. You're from Sterling, correct? Yes. But I went to Loudoun country day school. Do you know where that in Leesburg? Yes. I know exactly what that is. So I went to, um, I went to St. Teresa's Catholic school there and then eventually went to a school in Manassas, Virginia when we moved, but um, oh my yeah, gosh, so. no one knows Northern like, Virginia. No one knows my that school. Like I feel like it's like a myth school that everyone thinks I like didn't actually go to third through eighth grade. Well, but I'm well aware. Oh, awesome. so no, no worries here. <laughs> awesome. And and Marcus, you uh grew up in the Baltimore area, right? And went to Gilman. Talk about that experience. Obviously, uh, a hotbed for the game. Yeah, for sure. So unlike Alex, I like to say that I was born with a lacrosse stick in my hand. Um <laughs> Both my parents played Division One in college. My dad was a goal at Johns Hopkins in the early 80s, and my mom played at Towson. Uh, she was, uh, I think she led her team in goals one season, I think her junior year or something like that. So obviously the, the lineage of, you know, the Holman family lacrosse tree starts with, with those two. Um, and yeah, I grew up in, in Roland Park, you know, just outside of Baltimore. Like you talk about how your community shapes kind of how you grow as a child, like I was just around high level of lacrosse, you know, at a really young age. Um, my dad was helping coach at Johns Hopkins in the late nineties. Uh, he was an assistant coach with John Halls there. Um, so maybe like 99 and 2000, I was like nine years old. Right. So mm-hmm. 
going down to Johns Hopkins, being on the sidelines for those games, like being in the locker room. I just thought those guys were, were larger than life. And they really were, you know, um, and then watching Kyle Harrison almost every Saturday as a kid, I'm like, okay, I want to be just like him. And then watching Paul Rabel do the same thing a couple of years later, that really just sparked my, my love for the game. Um, I played f- football and basketball as well. Um, I was okay in both. I, Alex is, she, Alex might t- take me on the basketball court. I definitely do. This is not a nice jumper. Got a nice jumper. Um, you know, but I just, obviously I, you know, my dream as a kid was to play in the NFL. Once I realized that was probably a, a pipe dream, I just turned my attention to lacrosse and then, um, you know, had success at Gilman. I think we were 35 and two, my junior and senior years, junior year went undefeated and lost in the championship, heartbreaking game. Steel Stanwick was a beast that game for Loyola. He, he crushed us. And then senior year, we came back and won the MIA and that was really cool. And then yeah, four years at Carolina after that. That's awesome. Well, it's funny. Hutton knows all about Alex's schools. I, uh, I coach at BL and live, uh-huh. uh, in Lock Raven Village right down the street from Roland Park. So uh, uh, we, we actually play Gilman today. I'm one of the JV coaches. So we're nice. taking on the Greyhounds. Right all right. Well. Yeah, cool. Yeah, man. Cool. Yeah. And we want to talk about, you know, we've talked about your kind of individual journeys, but before we kind of, uh, you know, go into more of like the pros. Let's talk about college. When did you guys meet? Did you guys meet during college or was it post-college? Um, who wants to share how you guys first met? You got it, Al. Yeah, so, um, I mean, obviously I went to University of Maryland, Marcus going to Carolina, ACC rivals. Mm-hmm. Um, can't say that I really was big fans of a bunch of the Tar Heel girls <laughs> teams, but um, we actually just ran in really similar circles. Uh would say we encountered each other at a couple Ocean City lacrosse tournament weekends. Um, But that's like the best part about lacrosse is that once the seasons are over, I had all every single girl that I played club lacrosse with played at Virginia, Georgetown, not at Carolina, but some Duke girls, BC, Notre Dame. So like you stayed in touch with all those people and we, you know, hung out all summer together. I know Marcus probably came to College Park a couple of times. Um, so we always kind of had similar friend groups. Um, I wouldn't say that we were really good friends. We were more of acquaintances all of college, um, but it wasn't really until the Tawarton, um ceremony, our senior year, that we actually got to get to know each other. Yeah. And that was really the first time we like, kind of interacted and hung out and um so from there we're, what year was that 2013 yeah so from there I think we maybe saw each other once or twice after that and then we really picked things up what year 2018 uh in December Alex was running a clinic out in San Diego and I was actually out in San Diego recruiting for Utah um, at maybe like the Oceanside Hustlers, I don't know, some tournament in, in San Diego in December. And one of Alex's really good friends from college and one of my good friends from college who actually went to Maryland too, both live out in San Diego. We got like lumped in a group text together. We went out to dinner and like we kind of started to hit it off there. And then I was living in Salt Lake City. Alex was living in Baltimore. So we just continued to talk and you know a couple months down the road we were like okay what are we what are we doing here like are we gonna actually give this relationship a chance like we live like four thousand miles away from each other and you know we just kind of jumped all in with it and been the best decision I think I've ever made I, I hope Alex feels the same way I think she does and uh we got engaged uh this past mm-hmm. November uh sorry Halloween 
is the easiest way to put it. And <laughs> Alex's birthday is November 1st. So it was a really, really amazing weekend with, with friends and family. And we are getting married on December 17th in Tulum, Mexico. <laughs> It'll be a party for the ages. Um, no and- lacrosse sticks at the wedding, though. I will say. <laughs> that was my one no-no. I was like, please yeah. don't propose to me at a PLL game. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, do the, do the Jumbotron, like, kiss can. <laughs> like, after a big Archer's win, just, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. We got the dub and we got the engagement. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> well, we don't want to pass over your guys' college careers because you obviously had some great careers both at Maryland and UNC. So we'll start off with you, Marcus. Talk a little bit about your time at UNC and how it kind of shaped you as a player. Yeah, you know, just just an incredible four years. Um, you know, I was able to just really grind and, and work my way on the field as a freshman. Uh, I actually ended up winning ACC Rookie of the Year, which was really, really cool. Um, Again, and you could just kind of pinpoint moments and games. Um, you know, we played Maryland at home uh, kind of probably around this time of the year. Big ACC game. Um, one of our attackmen gets injured. I have to step in, and I'm starting. Maryland decides to short stick me. I, like, go off for four goals. Um, and, you know, it's just like you don't really know you're capable of those big things until you go out and they happen, and you're like, oh, damn, like, I'm, I can play at this level. Like I'm, I'm a baller, you know, and you get those little pieces of confidence um, from, from all the, the work that you put in seeing that, you know, turn into success kind of just built up my confidence as I went through my career. And, you know, unfortunately I didn't have the team success that, that Maryland did with, with uh, that Alex did with, with the Maryland program. Um, you know, we, we won the ACC championship my senior year, which was incredible. It was the first time Carolina had won, I think in 16 years, and that, that team was really, really special. We ended up losing in the quarterfinals to Denver in a heartbreaking game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, you know, the only regret I have is not being able to take Carolina to a final four. Um, but, you know, looking back on it, it was really gratifying to see them win the championship in 2016 with that senior class. They were freshmen when I was a senior, you know, and I specifically remember after we lost that game, in the only thing I could, I was like bawling, crying to the team. And I was, the only thing I could say was just like, thank you freshmen for being so amazing to us, like working really hard. They were a great class, you know, and to see them kind of, I guess the fruits of my labor pay off in a, in a small way um, down the road was, was pretty gratifying to be there in Philly when they, when they won, that was an incredible game. And you guys know that overtime win was insane over Maryland. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually yeah. had a friend uh, who I played lacrosse with. Uh, Joe Kenna was on that team. So yeah, uh, I was pulling for the heels in that one for sure. Love it. Love it. Yeah. But yeah, Chapel Hill is an amazing place. Definitely have some incredible memories there and, and some of the best friends that I'll have with me for the rest of my life. So yeah. That's awesome. It. And that, that rivalry is certainly real, especially like Alex, like you said, on, uh, on the women's side with, with you and uh, yeah, UNC going at it so many times, right? You win it, winning a championship that was that your freshman year, right? You won won a championship. Yep. So came out of the gate my freshman year. Um, I got good. I mean, a decent amount of playing time. Definitely mm-hmm. more than I would have ever thought. Like I just remember, my high school was not as talented as Marcus's. I was definitely the one that had to kind of do it all. And I just remember getting to Maryland and kind of having a little bit of that imposter syndrome, like am I good enough to be here? Cause these girls are ridiculous. Like we had Caitlin McFadden as a senior and I was just like, you, she was doing things that I had never even seen. I didn't even know were possible. So I definitely struggled with some confidence issues, my freshman. And I would even say, even though I started my sophomore year still really wasn't 
kind of a player that I knew I could be. Um, but yeah, came out of the gate, won a national championship my freshman year. I was like, this is easy. We're going to do this every year. Um, and we actually beat Northwestern that year, um, which was really awesome because they were undefeated and kind of, that was their reign. They had won the last six or something crazy. Um, we won and it was really special. It was Kathy's. So Kathy Reese went to Maryland. She won a boatload when she was there and then she was an assistant coach, but this was her first win as a head coach. Um, and then lost in the national championship my sophomore year, lost in the final four my junior year, and then lost in the national championship my senior year. And to your point, my senior year lost to Carolina in triple overtime, but we had beaten Carolina in the ACC tournament that year and regular season. So we actually faced Carolina every single ACC tournament all four years and beat them, which was great. <laughs> yeah, you have four you have four ACC championships, don't you? Yeah, so it, it was pretty crazy. I mean, the rivalry is, is no joke. It's something yeah. that, um, you know, I definitely – a little part of my heart is sad that Maryland's not in the ACC anymore because I don't, I mean, I know it's growing and it's different, but if you even look at basketball games or, yeah. or, or soccer or field hockey, like there's just not really anything like a Maryland Carolina or a Maryland Duke rivalry. I know Marcus is a big Maryland basketball fan. Like, so growing up, that's just kind of like in your blood. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, my college experience was something I think I speak so highly of because it truly taught me everything, everything about myself, everything about, it showed me leaders, how I think, you know, correct leadership should be, especially in young women. I think that it's such a pivotal time in your life and obviously going through it firsthandedly from 18 to 22, we're changing so much. We're away from home for the first time and um, you're kind of struggling with confidence. I've always, and I will always, always like just really give Kathy a lot of praise and just how she, I think she does it best of any coach out there, men's or women's is she knows how to bring the best out of every single person that's on a team. And I mean, that's the hard part when you're kind of out of Carolina or Maryland is you have the talent, but it's being able to, you know, fit those puzzle pieces together and make sure that everyone is producing for something bigger than themselves, which I think the tradition at Maryland is really something that like kind of makes you dive into that head first. I remember when we won my freshman year, we were at Towson and it was, I mean, I still get chills thinking about it. We were down seven, seven, one going into like going into the half. We ended up tying it up seven, seven to go into second into, into the second half. It was wild. I mean, we were like, this is the craziest game in the world. We're going to lose by a hundred. And we walked out and I looked up in the stands at Towson and it was all like the alumni just screaming, bringing the house down. And in the alumni is Jen Adams, Dana Doby, you know, Sonia LaMonica, like all these other coaches that recruited me to play, but they're all Terps alums. So they were cheering us on, you know, Acacia, like we go into BC every year. And it's just, it's a really special thing to kind of, at the end of the day, those teams, those coaches want their teams to win, but if their teams aren't there, they want Maryland to win. So yeah. it's, it's really special and something that I'm really proud of um and still and still will be and will continue to go back to you know cheer them on at every championship that they're in because they'll probably be in a couple coming up right that it just seems to be the way right yeah well this year's definitely a little bit of a tough season for them but they always figure it out well I mean the last they won two years well the last championship right and they weren't supposed to to win that one you guys were out in full force so I work a shot clock for all the Baltimore 
colleges. So I was at Hopkins working. Oh, at Hopkins, yeah. Yeah, that was that was wild. For, yeah, for I was, Alex even roped me into the the cheering section. The cheering for section. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> you guys come, you guys come out in full force, like Dana yeah. just rocking it, like on the sidelines, going nuts. It was. We definitely was travel very well, and obviously that's local to us. But yeah. it's it's it is something that stems. I mean, I know I keep saying this, but it stems. 100% from Kathy. I mean, yeah. she is so, so interconnected with all of our lives still. I mean, everything that I'm doing now, I still text her as a mentor and she's still cheering us on. Um, and it's, and then, and I think, and I know, I mean, my sister played in Maryland with me too. She barely touched the field and she would tell you the exact same things about Kathy that I would. So I think it's not just, you know, the, the, the all Americans and Tawarton winners that speak so highly about her. It's also, you know, down to the 34th player that doesn't really get any playing time because, you just love your experience there. You love, you know, who she kind of mentors you and, and, and who she, the woman you kind of become off the field as well. Uh, that's great. We've heard similar statements from um, Taylor Cummings as well. Um, and going on now to the pros a little bit, let's talk about your pro career. Cause obviously that set you up well, Alex, for your pro career. Um, you played uh, in the WPLL and pr prior to that, I think the UWLX for a season as well. Um, talk about making that jump and, you know, the difference between playing in college and then that fir first iteration of the pro game for the women's game. Yeah. I mean, I think so um, first, well, I guess you wouldn't consider T like USA team US, like a like pro, but um, everything still another so level. Yeah. Yeah. It, everything has just been so different um, from college. You know, you go from, every single day being with your best friends, going to class with them, training with them, really not having to think much, just showing up and, and training, telling, doing what your strength and conditioning coach is telling you to do. You're eating meals together. Um, and I think after you graduate, you kind of take all that for granted and you really have to kind of kick into gear this self-discipline and being able to train on your own. Like I remember having to just now physically put myself on the line by myself and run, which, which was a lot harder. Um, to kind of keep up with that, as opposed to having my teammates next to me. Now I'm really lucky that I'm in Baltimore, so I would train with local people. But yeah, I mean, I would say the jump from having to have that self-discipline was definitely hard. And then on top of that, we just don't practice with our pro teams as much as we got to practice with our mm -hmm. college. Teams. I know Marcus is the same thing. You know, you, you fly in, you get one day, like a walkthrough the night before, and then you have to play together the next day. Um, it's definitely, you know, not conducive for the most team chemistry out there but what it's kind of taught me is how like you just have to really be that much more of so much more coachable and that much more of a leader or kind of fill the holes of whatever your team needs um which is i think by communicating and being you know as vocal as you can off and on the field so it was definitely weird and it still is but um i know i'm sure marcus would say the same thing like every opportunity i get to still play the game i'm super grateful for so that's kind of, I think the driving force, at least behind the women's side is just because we all just really want to play and we don't want it to end. Mm -hmm. um, and we want to kind of pave that path for hopefully eventually, you know, the young girls I coach now that are in fourth grade could play for a legitimate professionally where they're not having to train on their own or they're not having to kind of do it all by themselves. They get the support that, um, you know, a professional athlete deserves. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we're excited to see kind of this next iteration of the game with the AU as well coming up uh, this summer. Uh, but on Mark, it's kind of same question in terms of kind of making that jump. Uh, and Alex mentioned, you know, tough to build that team camaraderie. I would be reminisced uh, if we didn't bring up 2017 and how close that Ohio machine squad was, right? And, and coming, coming back after 2016 and winning that championship. Um, that was kind of a loaded question. That's a lot of information. But 
feel free to go go with it as you want no it's you know and alex hit it spot on it's like you graduate you know we lost to denver on a sunday you know and i played my first professional game that thursday so you know i come flying in i'm coming into ohio we're like the new team we ended up going two and 12 that year. Like my, the first goal that I had was like a two pointer on Brett Queener. It was just kind of like a whirlwind, um, you know, and then that, that summer's over. Right. And college is done. And I was like, wait, I'm not on a T like, what do I do now? Like, I don't know what to do with my life, you know? And thankfully at the urging of, of my dad, just, he was like, you know, you, you've had some success with lacrosse, like just stick with the sport, you know, you can work clinics. Um, so that's kind of what I was doing. Um, and I was training for, for team USA in 2014. And, you know, Alex hit it spot on with a couple other things too, like that self-discipline, that internal motivation you need to push yourself and challenge yourself. Um, you know, I've, I think I, I pride myself on that. Like it's one of my best qualities as a player is that I, you know, I, I love the work, you know, I love the sprints. I love the extra shooting reps. Like that's stuff that I enjoy doing. It doesn't really seem like work to me. Um, so, you know, again, and I, I was able to, as I mentioned, kind of, you know, the, you know, the bricks kind of keep stacking, like, okay, I make the 2014 world team. Wow. What an experience. I think I was the youngest guy on that team. Um, you know, we, we lose a heartbreaker with Canada. All right. That fuels, fuels my fire. That wants me to keep pushing, hopefully make the next team end up making it in 2018 and, and we win a gold. But, you know, along the way, I'm, I'm just, I'm grateful that I was able to just play for one uh, organization in the MLL, you know, like my time will all, I'll always be an Ohio machine lifer, um, you know, and I came in and I'm playing, you know, I'm playing with steel Stanwick at attack. It's like, how can, how can you not score 30 goals <laughs> with steel Stanwick feeding you the ball? Like the guy throws his passes, just go through the air and the ball is just screaming, catch me, catch me every time <laughs> be right here. Um, you know, and then we get Kyle Harrison and then we get Peter Baum and then we get Tom, like we draft Tom Schreiber. Um, I think every professional game Tom has ever played in, I've been on his team, you know, and like he, I'm always worried, like, but Tom, I'm, I'm so grateful that Tom, I think loves to play with me, you know, and he's just like, I always want you on my team. So, um, yeah, you brought up 2017, you know, 2016, we lose that heartbreaker, um, that I got, that I saw floating around social media. I'm sure you guys saw the other week, GLL yeah. doing a story on that. I was like, no, I thought people forgot <laughs> about that game. Um, you know, and, and for us to battle back and, you know, be down, I think maybe 10, six in that championship game. And uh, that fourth quarter that I had personally, and, and that we like that it's going to be hard for me to top that yeah. moment, honestly, professionally, I'm, I'm going to work towards it. I want the same thing with the archers. Um, I definitely am hungry for more championships, but that was a really, really special moment in game. Um, and that was a special team for sure, you know, just top to bottom. Um, and it was really cool to see that through from coming in, being two and 12, building up, making the playoffs, you know, losing a couple times to the Rattlers in the semifinals, getting to the championship, getting our hearts broken, then battling all the way back and winning it. It was, it was a really cool kind of cycle there with the machine. And, you know, again, now I'm happy with the archers. I love my teammates. I think we have what it takes to, to compete for a championship and win. Um, you know, obviously the, the snakes, the Terps are the, the Kings of the PLL right now. And rightfully so they've, they've got some, you know, tremendous chemistry and tremendous talent. Um, you know, and I, I think it's, it's going to be a really fun summer. It's professional lacrosse on the men's side. So competitive right now. Um, you know, because 
the harsh reality is there's a lot of really, really great players that aren't playing. And, you know, job security is a real thing now, like yeah. with competition and I'm watching some of these college kids play and I'm like, God damn, like they're doing stuff I <laughs> never even would think about doing when I was in college. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited for this summer. Yeah, we can't wait to see a full season. Obviously the bubble was awesome. We got anything out of last season. We're really excited to see you guys hit the field for, for a full yeah. season. You mentioned kind of some guys might not be able to play job security. Talk about the merger a little bit. Like what, what kind of your first thoughts were on that for kind of the game kind of going forward? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a win-win. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it kind of just clears the air a little bit with us, you know, because there's still some people out there that like don't know professional lacrosse exists, mm-hmm. you know, and to, to explain to them, like I play in the PLL and they're like, is that the only league? No, there's actually another league. Like, wait, what? Like you guys have different rules. Like, I don't know. So I think it just clears the air. Um, and again, you know, definitely bringing over some talented players, you know, like obviously Lyle Thompson, we, we picked up Graham Hasek, um, you know, and, and just tremendous talented players that are going to come in and it really is the best of the best now. And there's no argument, like there's no weird, like fan disagreements. It's just, you know, one, one-stop shop. Um, and the PLL's production of, of pro lacrosse has been tremendous. I think mm-hmm. you guys have seen the television product. It's, it's great. You know, the commentary is great. The slow-mo replays are great. Um, you know, we're, we're using the tennis ball colored yeah. lacrosse ball so you can see it on TV. Like, it's so funny how that, that subtle of a thing makes a big difference. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really happy with the merger and, and the product right now. I think pro, pro lacrosse on the men's side is in a, in a great state for sure. No, we agree. And you're a product of the awesome replays with that wraparound goal you had. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was, it was a sick goal, but imagine if like, we didn't have that angle, like it probably wouldn't have right. gotten as much, you know, push as it did. Like, yeah. I think it's just great that we now have those type of highlight worthy goals that have, you know, been happening prior to that. Now though, like, you know, with the great, you know, yeah. media team, you know, just getting so much more exposure and the great angles around it. So, um, yeah, you're, you're a prime example of, of that yeah. elevation. And I'm, I make sure to do a quick, quick scan of see where all the cameras are before the game. <laughs> <laughs> I position I love myself it. accordingly. Love it. And let's talk a little bit about uh, the world championships that you both possess. So Alex, let's start with you in England. You won in 2017 um, with Team USA. Talk about, again, making Team USA. And, you know, you talked a little bit about that and how hard it is to, to you know, be disciplined to make those teams. But how, uh, how awesome was it to get gold in that 2017? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was incredible. It felt really surreal. I um, never tried out for the U.S. team when I was in college. Katie Schwartzman, who's now Katie Haas, um, one of my best friends in college she was a Thornton winner in my year and um a dream to play on a team with because to this day I think she's the best women's lacrosse player hands down um definitely someone you want on your side but I just would see her leave every weekend in the fall and always be training for it 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 was to me I think probably partially I didn't think I was good enough to make the team and I didn't want to put myself out there to try out and also I just really was dedicated to Maryland like I really wanted to focus on the team I didn't want to leave Mm -hmm. for different things or even have the stressor of it so I never tried out and then 2013 they won gold um after my senior year and after we lost to Carolina like I really went through a tough mental emotional state of just kind of like am I done like is this it I am like really kicking myself for not trying out for the U.S. team like always kind of wondering what if and by the graces of whoever Ricky Freed who's the coach at the time actually called me that summer and was like 
we don't, you don't need to try out, like, just come. We want, we want to call you up on this team, to the U.S. team. So he called up me, Taylor Cummings, Kayla Trainer, And I was so excited. I was so out of shape. I was like, I literally like lost that national championship and did not pick up a stick until he called me like four months later. <laughs> it was embarrassing. Like it, it took like probably, thank God I was on the team for a full year because it took probably two training weekends for me to be like, okay, like I need to dig my heels in and kind of be the Alex that I know and not just, you know, be upset about this loss and, not, and, and kind of be like this weird insecure player on the team. So after that, we got to try out. So we, back then we tried out every single summer and it was kind of like, in 2013, you can't really conceptualize like four years from now as another World Cup. And I know Marcus, because he played on both too, will say the same thing. Like it's so, it seems so long and so far away that it's it's almost like a strange goal to have. And so much is changing. And you know, you have so much rotation and, and who's getting who's on the team, who's off the team. The core group stays the same. But to be honest, I never really felt like I was on in the core group, um, which I think was good. It kind of like lit a fire under my butt and definitely made me come back and try out even harder every single year. Um, but it solidified kind of like just putting your head down and thinking about one weekend at a time, one day at a time, not trying to like really have that gold medal team or that, you know, rostered World Cup team in in my sights when it was 2014, it was three years away. So, um, and then it's like, when you start doing that blink of an eye, it was 2017. And that year of basically they made cuts, you know, every single weekend, there was just a different sense of, you know, I had, and it was very mirrored and similar to my college career. Like my first year on US was kind of like my freshman year, you know, not really understanding what I'm not feeling confident, not really knowing what my place was on the team. Sophomore year feeling a little bit better. Third year, fourth year, kind of really feeling like, okay, like I know my role in this team. And my role was completely different than my role at Maryland. At Maryland, I had the ball almost, I mean, I would say 75% of the time we were on attack. It was more of a feeder. Um, and then once I got on us, I, you know, took a look around and I see there's Kayla trainer and Michelle Tumalo who are like wizards with the ball in their stick. And they are, you know, primarily Dodgers. And so I kind of became like a catch and finisher. I was really much more of a, like kind of slotting into space and finishing. And at the end of the day, I didn't really care if I had the ball on my stick or not. I just wanted to make the top 18 that we're going to go and play in England. So it was awesome. It was kind of like where, and I try and tell people that now like you cannot put yourself in a peg or in a corner saying like, this is what you're best at. This is what you have to do because you want to make the team at the end of the day. And I think the best mm -hmm. position played is the one that gets you on the field. So um, I got to do that. And I think the second they finally made those final cuts and Ricky called me and told me it was such a relief and just excitement. And you could just tell all of us you know, we had been competing for the same four spots for four years. And then we mm -hmm. finally could just look at each other and hug each other and be like, okay, we're not competing against each other anymore. Let's go, you know, crush Canada and beat everyone else because you felt that sense of security. And it really, that those like four months leading up to the world cup was the most fun I'd ever had with that team. Cause it was just light. It was loose. We had like one mission together instead of, you know, kind of trying to keep your spot on this team. And then obviously going to England and winning and just being with them was, I mean, it was wild. I like, that's the only world cup I'd ever played in. And I, I like compared it to Hogwarts and like the Triwizard yeah. tournament. Cause like, it was so cool. Everyone has like their flags hanging out of their windows and, and it's just, and you also see how much like pride and how much other countries are really like look to us as like, I know we're, you know, U S is awesome. And so is Canada. And there's a bunch of other countries that are great, but there were teams coming up and asking for our autographs. There were teams coming up asking for gear. Like 
they really look to us to set an example and, and, and our fans, even though we're all playing in the same tournament, you know, which was really cool to kind of, you know, speak to the girl on, on New Zealand that um, was just in awe of seeing, you know, Taylor Cummings. Like it was, it, it was a really unique experience. And then obviously winning the gold was incredible. Um, and I remember looking at Kayla Trainer, who hated Maryland because she lost to Maryland in every single game <laughs> while she was there. And she was just like, we finally did like she's never like she had never won a championship and for such a talented player to have never won and to be able to do that with someone that you lost in the Torton to every single year is it, it was really special and really cool no that's awesome and you know Marcus you had a, a similar experience too you know in 2018 winning that that obviously was a nail biter down to the end uh your teammate Tom Schreiber you know putting it home for the gold for the USA but talk about that whirlwind of a, a tournament and beating Canada in 2018 yeah, Tom Schreiber is to me what Katie Schwartzman is to Alex. Um, <laughs> like our lifelong teammates that we need. Uh, but yeah, it was, you know, again, I mentioned just being super young at the first go round. And I remember at the, yeah, because this is, this would be like 2013 was the tryout for the mm -hmm. 2014 games and Matt Striebel was there. Mm -hmm. And I think this was, he was trying to make his either fourth or third world team and he was like yeah like I was on the world team in 2000 and I was like damn I was nine years old and he was just like why do you have to remind me how old I am it was just like a funny joke because I was 22 at the time he was probably like 38 or something like that mm -hmm. so just being young and and not really knowing and just you know you I'm, you guys have seen me play my style is just like you know no holds bar like I'm just gonna go at it it's not gonna be pretty sometimes it's just gonna be grinded down and you know, hopefully at the end of the game, we've got a dub and, um, you know, I've, I've thrown a couple of balls in the back of the net, but losing that game definitely lit a fire, you know, and um, to be able to come back with, with a new coaching staff, you know, coach Danowski and coach Amplo and um, coach Tierney, those guys are, those guys are some, they're tough, but they're funny. They're funny Long Island guys, man. <laughs> they really are. And um, coach Danowski did such a great job. Alex hit on a great point. Like, you know, just blending the egos together, like, guys, we're here, you know, it doesn't matter who scores, like, the only thing we care about is this with a gold medal. Sorry, guys. It's all okay. good. Jeez, Alex. Yeah, all good. Yeah. You just say, and leaving this with a gold medal, that's yeah, and, and get off of. Yeah, the only, you know, the only thing we all care about is, is leaving with a gold medal. Obviously, there was probably, I think, 10 to 11 guys from the 2014 that were on it. Um, you know, and, and to win that game in that fashion was just wild. Uh, it was a blur, you know, and um, again, Alex talked a little bit about like, you know, just finding your role and doing it to the best of your ability. You know, I think the coaches were honest with me and they were like, you know, you were probably like the last guy that we picked. Um, and it was cool because they were honest with me, but they, and it was also cool because they were like, we just couldn't look at this roster and not see you on it. Like you just do so many intangible things. Like you can play midfield, you can play attack and you ride hard, you pick up ground balls. Like, and that's what I try to teach our college guys and our younger players out here. Like just be a jack of all trades. Like that's kind of what I've, I've tried to be in my, my lacrosse career, you know, make it so that the coach has to pick you for the team mm -hmm. because you bring so many invaluable skills to the table, whether it's, being a great communicator, cutting hard, like setting great picks, like all those little things, you're in complete control of that. Um, and it just makes the guys around you better. And, uh, you know, I barely, the, the gold medal game, I played for maybe four minutes. I was 
went in on man up. I scored a goal. I came off, I ran off the field and that was my role, you know, and while I wanted to be out there playing, you know, and competing for sure, you got to swallow your pride a little bit. And I was being the best, you know, teammate I could be on the sideline with, with, you know, our backup goalie, Jack Kelly, and just hyping guys up when they were coming on and off the field. So, you know, my gold medal looks the same as, as Tom Shriver's, you know, Mm -hmm. even though he's an absolute boss and that was an incredible play. Um, you know, it's, that's the beauty of team sports. Um, you know, and that's why we keep playing. Like there's nothing like being on a team, you know, and I, I have it the best of both worlds right now. Cause I can, I'm coaching, I have a team to coach and I, then I leave that team and I have another team waiting for me and I'm able to play. And, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm super happy. And those are just some great memories. Yeah. You brought up, uh, you know, coaching right now with the, you talk about kind of coaching with your dad and obviously with, with some of your, your boys on the archers, Adam Gittleman and, and Will Manny. I think you guys are probably the most well-known assistant coaching staff in all <laughs> of college lacrosse, right? Um, I, I just think that's the case. But talk about being able to coach with your dad and, and some of your good friends. Yeah, it's it's the dream come true. You know, my dad's obviously he's he's an incredible father to me, my older brother Matthew, and my uh, younger sister Sydney. But he's just a great mentor um, to anyone. Honestly, um, I think, you know, Alex, you can attest to that. I know our other assistant coaches, you know, I use him as a resource for me to help me grow, um, you know, in my coaching career. And, you know, Adam it brings such an energy to the table. He's so passionate about lacrosse, you know, starting up lax film study, like the response that that has gotten on social media has been incredible. He's such a, he's a lax junkie, um, you know, and Will is, is super professional. He is, has a great coaching pedigree he started at Wagner he was an assistant there for a couple years um and he really knows the game inside and out and loves it as well so we our brotherhood's definitely special um I'm really excited about the future of Utah lacrosse joining the Atlantic Sun Conference next year you know that obviously incentivizes recruits to come here you know we can play for a conference championship we can potentially get in the NCAA tournament you know you get in the tournament anything could happen you know so um we're still in that building process and and you know, we definitely love what we do. We come out. I, I love being out on the practice field. Um, it, it's it's a blessing every single day. And the weather's turning out in Salt Lake. It's going to be about 65 here. We got practice in an hour. So I'm fired up. That's awesome. It's obviously, you know, beautiful being in Salt Lake. You, you guys were there, luckily, too, for the PLL uh, yeah. bubble last year, too. Yep. Yep. Um, now, I, we would be remiss if we didn't mention – a little bit about Alex, your TikTok and social media following. Um, you've really like lit it up on, on the TikTok dances. I know you even got Marcus involved in a little bit, bit of them too. So talk to us a little bit about growing your social following, you know, beyond just the lacrosse space and getting into, you know, other spaces. I know you do yoga, fitness, all this type of stuff. So talk a little bit about that and how you've been able to grow an audience. Yeah. Um, I, I think that Social media is just kind of a really good reflection of who I am. I'm definitely an oversharer and I'm pretty outgoing and I love just, you know, keeping up with the kids and the times. So um, it's just, I mean, I'm telling you, Marcus and I can literally sit on TikTok and laugh for hours. Like it's probably, it's not good to admit, but it really is like just, I, I view social media in a super positive light. I know that there are really, really bad, bad negative corners of it, but it is just kind of how you handle it and how you protect mm-hmm. yourself with it, um, which is what I try and teach my girls now. Now, that's not saying that I want, I would want to grow up right now where all the, like, I know I'm a 30 year old who's on TikTok and all these other things. I can't imagine being a 16 year old and having, you know, the flood of information that they have all the time. Um, 
but yeah, it's just really fun for me. Like it's always been something that, um, I've enjoyed doing. And so that, and that's kind of how everything is in my life. And that's what my, you know, my dad would always tell us growing up, like in sports, if you like, you have to have fun. If you're not having fun, there's no point in doing this anymore. It's not always going to be fun. It's, but, mm -hmm. but competing and doing, doing things, being a part of a team have, it's, it's fun for me. So it's kind of how I feel about fitness. Like you mentioned, I post collegiately really like longed for having a team or having, like I said, someone to the left and to the right of me dripping sweat with me, like going through the suck together and group fitness kind of became that for me. It wasn't mm -hmm. the same. And it kind of challenged me in a totally different realm. Um, and, but, it, but it gave me that same, like texting my girlfriends to see if they wanted to go take a spin class or go, you know, just doing, having someone with you, um, while you're working, I, I always just find fun going on to like, then kind of becoming a coach of it. And myself, I coach club, I have my own club lacrosse program and I have my own fitness platform. So I'm always coaching too. Like I love mm -hmm. being the student, but I also love coaching and, and really trying to push people to be the best version of themselves and, and inspiring people. So it all kind of just goes all encompassing with just lo me loving being a part of a team and loving what, what I love about being a part of a team is being, you know, a good teammate and having like the people to kind of ride through it with you. So that's, it just kind of was a natural transition, but yeah, social media. I mean, I think a lot of people, um, it's funny. Someone asked me the other day, like, why don't you post more lacrosse? And I was like, yeah, I guess I probably should. I've almost like really gone yeah. off the map of <laughs> lacrosse related, especially recently with just some, some other goals that I'm trying to achieve. But, um, it always comes back to kind of home, which is athletics and it's always sports. I think it's, it's really cool to kind of use, you know, what I believe Marcus and I are experts in, which is which is lacrosse and kind of trying to, you know, expand it a little bit and mm. give the people what they want. They want me and Marcus dancing on TikTok. We get the most, I get the most views when I get him involved. Somehow <laughs> in the hey, the analytics don't lie. Yeah. <laughs> they don't. No, we certainly love it. And I, I love what you did too with your fitness platform and doing uh, sweat for support last year too, with, you know, giving back to some causes and stuff. So I think it's great. And you're hopefully attracting new fans to the sport of lacrosse and that. So I think, you know, I look at it another lens, like keep up the fitness stuff. Cause then you'll get people that are going to become lacrosse fans through, you know, following you on fitness and stuff. And I think that's, you know, the best way to grow the game is finding people that don't know about lacrosse in other avenues. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's what I was thinking about when even Marcus and you guys were bringing up the PLL, like uh, my family different from Marcus has never seen, they, they don't really watch lacrosse, but being able to see him on TV was just so my uncle who's in Oklahoma, you know, getting, getting, be, being able to watch and watch these sick highlights, like really got them super invested um, mm -hmm. in the game. And, you know, even as small uh, as small as me working with Under Armour and being on those campaigns, like underneath my name says professional lacrosse player, which is really awesome because people that pick up a magazine might be like professional lacrosse, like what's that, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and look at it. So, um, and then most recently with Sports Illustrated and the whole swim thing, like, it's just so cool to, I mean, have potentially the first lacrosse player in there to be represented as an athlete. Like, it's just, it's always for the cause. And, and I mean, I just feel like, I know Marcus feels the same way. Like we've taken, lacrosse has given us absolutely everything in my life, like everything. It's given me my fiance. It's given me anything that is of good has come from the sport. And um, I think it's, it's our duty to give back and kind of like, you know, help out and, and kind of continue to pave the way and, and make more mountains for, for the next generation to, to climb. Absolutely. Love what you both are doing. We're going to take a quick break, uh, hear a word from our sponsor, and then we'll do our five and five segment.
Today's episode is sponsored by Ducan Supply Co. Ducan is a men's body care brand that features an array of military-inspired products from their signature big-ass bar of soap to their bourbon-infused beard oil. I personally use their big bourbon beard oil that is made with a hint of buffalo trace. I like the oak barrel scent that it gives off, and it makes me feel good about my beard, even if it's not as nice as the one that Adam's sporting these days. As an Army Reservist, I also love that they donate a portion of their proceeds to U.S. veterans. So go ahead and check out Ducanon, use our code LAX10 to receive 10% off your order, and find your own signature scent. Welcome back to Pro Lacrosse Talk on the Lacrosse Playground Podcast Network. All right, so welcome back. Now it's time to dive into our five and five. I'll ask the lacrosse questions. We'll have Alex go first, Marcus follow second. You guys can chime in off each other, though. Feel free to do that. But the first one I have is what are some pregame superstitions or routines that you have? Oh, okay. So I'm not very superstitious. I definitely have routines. I would say uh, I like to shower for sure before a game. I like, I'm very particular about my hair. I always have some sort of braid. Um, that's kind of like, or I'm braiding someone else's hair. Um, and probably like a dance party. I'm always dancing in the locker room a little bit. Love it. Uh, I'd say eye black for sure. Um, I don't know when that started, but that's always kind of just like, when I put it on, I just feel like I'm, I'm kind of like a gladiator, you know? Um, <laughs> And then, yeah, definitely get some tunes going in the locker room. I'm usually in charge of the music, so I'd have to say we got to play Grove Street Party by Waka Flocka Flame. <laughs> right. Me and Dominique got to get the boys going. Uh, and then right after the national anthem, I would just like to say a little prayer and um, just take a knee, take a little piece of the turf, rub it on my chest, and then that's kind of it. No, I love it. I love that you guys are both like kind of the dance party vibe, getting that going in the <laughs> locker room. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Uh, number two, what is your uh, top song on your game day playlist? You kind of already hinted at it, Marcus, but yeah. I don't know if you have another one. Oh man, mine really changes. I'm not like, I don't have like one song that really reminds me. It really depends on like the year or like where we're at or, but I'm definitely in more of a, uh, probably some Drake in there. And then probably some sort of EDM really to get me in the mood. Love yeah. it. Yeah, I hit on the Grove Street parties, definitely one. And then uh Tujamo is like a <laughs> an electronic artist. He has some like heavy, heavy beats that get me going. So probably just a combination of some rap and um electronic stuff, like Alex said. Well, love it, love it. Uh number three, who is a lacrosse player that you looked up to when you were younger? Um, I would say Jen Adams. She, she like really was the first one person that made lacrosse cool. And like in women's mm-hmm. lacrosse, just do it. Like she was doing behind the back. She was doing like, she just really, the thing she was doing with her stick. And obviously she's a terp, which always helps. Um, mm-hmm. Even as simple as like her little space bun she would wear. She just like had this swagger. Um, and she was so dominant. All my role models growing up were just, I honestly didn't have a lot of female role models on in sports growing up. And I think it's probably due to just the amount of exposure that women's sports has lacked um, over the years. So, um, but lacrosse wise, I would say she was the one that kind of like put us all on the map. I think every women's lacrosse player had Has that her? poster of Jen Adams. Oh Everyone yeah. Sign. My wife had the same exact poster on, on her wall growing up with a, with a bun. I think every yeah. girl had that poster. Yes. No, definitely a legend. Uh, yeah. What about you, Marcus? Yeah, she's Jen. Jen is a legend for sure. Um, all right, so I'll go. I'll give you five. All right, three <laughs> are gonna be three are gonna be well known, and then the, the two are a little bit more obscure. So you gotta say Mikey Powell, right? Yeah. Two minutes thirty four seconds is the highlight reel. I've watched it six billion <laughs> times. 
um, I was trying to do the dip and dunk back in my yard as soon as I saw that. And then I mentioned Kyle Harrison and Paul Rabel, seeing them live and in person at Homewood just was like, those guys were bigger than life. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's so funny that I, like I eventually ended up being a roommate with Kyle Harrison, like just funny how life worked out that way. Like I like Mm -hmm. to say the 10 year old me would be so proud of um, who I've become in, in the lacrosse realm. And then two other guys that I looked up, to because their playing style were Matt Ward at Virginia yeah it, it, and then Adam Doniger at Hopkins too and if you kind of if those guys like I play very similar to those guys like Matt Ward was a big righty shooter he just like would hammer the ball at the point that Virginia team in 06 was nasty mm-hmm. um so yeah a couple guys there you know Matt Ward actually came to he was one of my idols too because he came to uh my like rec lacrosse event and like spoke to us when he was a member of the Washington Bayhawks or whatever. Um, and I just remember like, you know, watching that team go undefeated in 06 and they, they were just nasty. Number four, what is your current stick setup? Current stick setup. So I'm actually, um, I've been using the gate, new gate lacrosse sticks that I love. Um, so I've been with Jenny Levy, um, who's on team gate, uh, mm. for so long now her, actually her sister was my club lacrosse coach growing up. So I just am like, whatever Jenny tells me, whatever Jenny and Paul tell me is like church. Like I'll listen to them mm. all day. Um, and, but it's weird. I'm not really like a super big stick head. Like I, especially at Maryland, like we got handed a stick out of a box and like, I would just play until it was, I was comfortable with it. So, mm. um, but what the six are doing now, especially in the feminine female, lacrosse state is just like insane like I know um Marcus was talking about her but like Charlotte North yeah like highlights over the weekend doing things that like women don't haven't done and and I know it's she's 99% her but the stick technology is becoming really awesome so I'm using the gate air which is um I would say I pretty much play with a tennis racket though so I'm not like the you know dangling fiend over here but um the gate air i love with the lax pocket which is like which is kind of like the old traditional pocket four leathers Mm -hmm. little ladder across in the middle i'm not on the mesh game (laughs) just just catch and shoot al that's all all (laughs) exactly um i'm an stx guy high school college and professionally i'm i'm been fortunate enough to be sponsored by them so um i'm rocking their side tie shaft and they have a new ultra power head that's yet to be released that I've been using this, this off season. It's been incredible. Um, the original ultra power definitely added some zip to my shot, but I found mm-hmm. my passes weren't coming out as crisp as I would like. So I've kind of switched around and this, this newer model is incredible. So I'm excited. Awesome. And then uh, my final one is what has been your favorite venue to play lacrosse at? And that can be throughout your entire career. It doesn't have to be just pro or, Oh my gosh, definitely. I mean, College Park, Maryland, we got our AstroTurf there. That's like mm-hmm. no one, everyone who comes in does not understand how to play on it. And it's just, I've never felt as fast as I'd feel on AstroTurf. It's like playing lacrosse on a basketball court. Like, mm-hmm. and like, it's a tiny field, super intimate. All the fans are right up close. You can hear everybody. And I mean, you have to have good stick work because the ball is going out of bounds if you don't, if you don't mm-hmm. catch it. So um, definitely, I mean, I've had so many incredible memories there. Um for sure. But I guess number two would probably be Towson, the United Stadium stadium, because that's where we won our national championship. Awesome. I'm going to say, even though I didn't go to Hopkins Homewood field playing there, played there in college, played like a high school uh, game there. It's always, it's just so 
there's so much tradition there in history, you know, it's, it's hard not to feel that. I, and, you know, I definitely embrace that part of it when, whenever you step out there and, you know, playing a PLL game there two, two seasons ago was pretty special and it's, you know, three miles from where I grew up. So just get that, get that feeling of nostalgia. And um, second to that would be Capilone park, which is in Hawaii, which is where that tournament is um, every Halloween. Mm -hmm. That is a very special place to play lacrosse too. Awesome. And then uh, Adam, you'll take over the yeah. off field. And uh, I know we're taking up a bunch of your time, so we can be quick with these ones. But uh, first, off field favorite. We've talked about kind of hobbies, but favorite hobby when you're not on the field. A, cu a couple, like I like to read. Uh, I just bought like a DJ set, so I've just been kind of DJing at home, which is really fun. I, I love love music. Um, and then you know, sometimes skiing. This year was kind of a down year for me skiing, but and then doing yoga. Those would be a couple of my hobbies. My hobbies would include, I would say anything. I like to be active with my friends and family. So Marks and I actually really took a pickleball this year, which is one of our favorite hobbies. We are uh, undefeated champs of the pickle tournaments yeah. so far. Definitely ranked. Marcus might be ranked number one pickleball player, I think, in our nation. In the world. <laughs> in the world. He's very good. I, I, I will give him that. Um, so I love any, anything active. Um, that, that's just fun that we can all kind of get involved in. Um, I love, love, love anything on the water. I'm a, definitely like a sun beach water baby and uh, eating. I love food. I love eating with um, friends and family and trying new foods, cooking for people, eating the food they cook for me, whatever. It's, that's definitely something that I think being Thai, that's just like what we do as a family to kind of bring everyone together. Good stuff. Well, that kind of goes in right into my next question. Favorite meal. Ooh. Dang, me? Uh, yeah. I mean, I gotta say, Longmo's dumplings. That's my mom. <laughs> Alex's mom just is an amazing cook. Um, honestly, all, I didn't realize how much I loved Thai food, um, you know, and she makes some amazing meals, green curry, dumplings, um, the list goes on and on. So, I mean, she's, she's an amazing cook for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, oh man, I, this is hard for me, but I would say um, my favorite meal currently, I'm obsessed with, I love the uh, squid ink pasta from a local restaurant, Tagliata in um, Baltimore, Maryland. It is, uh, has crab meat in it, squid ink, has some like uni, like it is just super dynamic. And it is <laughs> uh next one uh marcus you mentioned you like reading anything you'd recommend to listeners so podcasts books tv shows you've binged lately um alex just watched breaking bad so that's pretty pretty exciting for her that's if i would to give a tv recommendation that would be it that's probably my favorite show um anything by this guy named tim grover he was michael michael jordan's kind of guru um he, he's written a couple books i think he has a book actually coming out in a couple weeks he definitely does because i pre-ordered it on amazon <laughs> it's called winning um good mindset stuff you know i like reading about kind of the mental side of of sports i think that's a cool area to explore as an athlete so yeah um i would say yeah i did finish breaking bad that was incredible after <laughs> a long time of marcus telling me it was his favorite show i finally caved in um but i would say 
Uh, book recommendation. I really loved Untamed by Glennon Doyle. Um, I thought it was really easy and, and an awesome read for both females and males. Like I think it was, it was like a parenting book, a coaching book. A, it was everything all in one and super, super easy to read. Not like too dense where, you know, you're feeling like you have to read one page five times in a row. Um, I would say podcast wise, I really enjoy listening to Gabby Reese um, and kind of, I mean, I listen to anything. Well, I, I'll, I'll mention them on here, but I listen to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. They're very good. They have a lot of just different, um, you know, people on there and which is what I like. I like to kind of listen to all different walks of life um, and, you know, how all their, what, whatever their professionals in and how it works. Um, but yeah, I would say shows, you don't want to ask me for TV shows. I watch trash television. I watch like <laughs> all reality shows. <laughs> Love it. Uh, number four, favorite spot to vacation. Uh, I'll say Croatia. I've been there twice. Nice. Amazing country, the water, the weather the wine um <laughs> it's a really really cool place so yeah yeah I would say Croatia too but I'll say I'll say Thailand just because I want to be different from Marcus but Croatia is beautiful but Thailand so my mom is is from Thailand she um grew up in a tiny little village um north of Bangkok and it's really special to go back and just kind of see our family there and just see kind of not to mention it's a beautiful, you know, country with the beaches and the mountains and, and, and everything, but it, it, it definitely, um, you know, hits home to kind of see where she came from and, and how she left her village at, you know, just 10 years old and to be able to come back with her three kids that are towering over all the village women and men, cause we are so much taller than everyone else there, but it's really special and cool. Very, very cool. Yeah, two awesome places. That's all. Croatia in particular is on my wife and my list, that water and those, every picture, it's like, I don't, I think the like, they changed the screen to, to make some of those filters. It's, it's crazy. Incredible. Yeah. The sun sets for like two hours there. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah, I'm excited to get there. And then uh, my last off the field question before we let you guys go, favorite current non-lacrosse athlete uh, to watch right now? Wow, favorite. Um, who I like? I'll, I'll throw out a couple. Uh, I mean, Steph Curry is always fun to yeah. watch. Um Patrick Mahomes. Oh, Lamar Jackson. What am I? Baltimore guy. Love it. Lamar is so he's he's sparked the city, man. And I know we haven't had the success in the playoffs with the Ravens that he's wanted, but man, he is so fun to watch. He is. We'll get there. Oof. Let's I'm go. a Ravens fan too, so I, I have faith in Lamar. I'm yeah. a Ravens fan now too, honestly, because of Lamar. Like I have lived here for five years now and really held strong. Honestly, did not. Flacco did not pull on my heartstrings. And then <laughs> once Lamar got out there, I, I would agree. He's, he's someone that has been so fun to watch. And he's just, he's just a, like, he's just a star. Yeah. Big trust, big trust. Big trust. <laughs> big trust. That wraps up our five and five. Um, I like to end on one final question before we let you guys go. And that is, what is some advice you have for a young athlete looking to play lacrosse professionally one day? Wow. Oh. I can go. Okay. I just feel like I've answered this um, I, kind of recently, but I would say um, kind of like Marcus said earlier to just really fall in love with the process and, and really just take it one day at a time, like one day 
definitely set those lofty goals, no matter how, whatever age you are, set the goals of playing professional lacrosse and then try and break them down into more, you know, attainable goals. And then super, super simplify, like, what do you need to be doing on the day-to-day basis? That's going to, um, you know, help you achieve those goals. Cause I think when we start to think too grander, we get so overwhelmed. And, um, if that is your mission, if that is your goal, then have the discipline, um, you know, to not do things that stray from your goal. So mm-hmm. one foot in front of another, take it day by day, um, fall in love with that process. Cause it's going to be up and down. You're going to hit so many different Hills. You can't try and stay too straight. Be coachable. I would say be super coachable, trust your coaches. They want to put you on the field. Um, you know, and the, and the way to get on the field is by listening to them. And then, uh, lastly, just have fun. And, uh, like I said, just make sure that you're in it for the right reasons. And, and it's something that you want to do because I tell girls all this, if you don't love lacrosse now, you're not going to love it when you play it in college every single day. And you're not going to love it when you play professional, like you really like every, I think every single person that plays professional lacrosse loves the sport. Like yeah. you, it, to, to, I, I think that's the case for all, almost every other sport out there, but unfortunately we're not making, you know, six figures, millions of dollars where like, that's kind of fuel your passion. Mm-hmm. Um, so your passion has to really come from within and it has to be, you know, what you want, not what your parents want, not what your friends want, um, what you want. Well said, Alex. It's a great answer. Um, I'm going to say, right, like the generic answer would be like play a lot of wall ball, like, you know, scoop up ground balls, like work on your footwork and stuff like that, which I'm sure any listener would know that that's part of the process, but I'm just going to give the advice that I've used myself to get where I M and that's just be a great teammate. I, I alluded to it earlier. The reason I made that 2018 team is because I was a great teammate because mm-hmm. I was, you know, and let's break it down to like a middle school level, like pick, pick up all the balls after practice, like move the goals, um, communicate to your teammates, right? Tell them there's a guy on his back when he doesn't see, you know, like set a great pick, um, you know, clear through hard and full speed. Um, and, and just do the, do the little things, right? Alex talked about discipline, right? Discipline is doing all the things that you're supposed to do, but it's also not doing the things that you're not supposed to do. That's the other piece of discipline, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, taking it easy on the ice cream, you know, not drinking alcohol, um, like making sacrifices like that um, are important, but just be a great teammate, be the teammate that you would want to have, you know, that's a mm-hmm. simple advice. Um, but yeah, no, I love that. I love that advice from both of you guys. And uh, we're certainly looking forward to, um, you know, upcoming seasons for both of you uh, excited, you know, for the future of your guys' career. And we appreciate your time and best of luck too, with the, uh, the wedding planning. Uh, <laughs> I know I, I did it recently. Adam's a little bit, uh, a couple more years removed, but it's a tough process and we wish you guys both the best in that. And I wish you all the best, you know, in your future together as well. Yeah. Thank we're staying, we're staying disciplined about the wedding, the wedding process. It, we it's go. tough. It's tough. You guys can get through it though. If you guys are professional athletes, you guys can get through it. So That's- Uh, but best of luck again and we appreciate you guys hopping on thanks guys so much for having us today's episode is sponsored by ducan supply co ducan is a men's body care brand that features an array of military inspired products from their signature big ass bar of soap to their bourbon infused beard oil i personally use their big bourbon beard oil that's made with a hint of buffalo trace I like the oak barrel scent that it gives off, and it makes me feel good about my beard, even if it's not as nice as the one that Adam's sporting these days. As an Army Reservist, I also love that they donate a portion of their proceeds to U.S. veterans. 
So go ahead and check out Duke Cannon. Use our code LAX10 to receive 10% off your order and find your own signature scent.